With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Welcome in, Outkick the Coverage podcast listeners. We got a loaded show for you. Lots to discuss. The Bengals still stink. The Steelers get a big win. Monday Night Football, top five, bottom five. The pay-for-play debate in college athletics. And our guest will be Charles Davis from Fox Sports and Petros Papadakis from AM570 LA Sports. All that still to come. Dive in. The podcast begins now, and I hope your Tuesday is going swell. Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. NFL Week 4 officially in the books, and what a beatdown we got last night. The Steelers delivering an absolute destruction of the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, I know Bengal fans are used to poor performances, and I know they're used to having a franchise that is difficult to support because at times they just seem so utterly incompetent under owner Mike Brown. But even last night, Steeler fans had to be sitting around saying, my God, the Bengals are awful. And Bengal fans had to be sitting around saying, what are we doing here? Andy Dalton was sacked eight times and hit 11 times. Those are both career highs for his nine-year career. Uh, there was just never a sense at all in this game that the Bengals were really close in any way to winning. I guess maybe when they went up, 3 nothing after a steal or fumble. But when you go back and look at this box score, I mean, it was just pure and utter destruction. Um, so much of the, uh, of the offensive yardage came at the very end of this game. I believe with like a minute to go in the third quarter, if I'm not mistaken, and I know I'm not mistaken because I was sitting watching my fantasy football team. I had the Steeler defense like a hawk last night. 
the Steelers had under 100 yards of total offense. It was tough to watch. They couldn't drop back and pass at all. They couldn't consistently run the football. I know that uh, the Andy Dalton era has been going for a long time, and there have been certainly a lot of opportunities where you thought, hey, maybe the Bengals are actually going to go win a playoff game against the uh, against the Steelers, for example, when everything kind of fell apart in terms of team uh, discipline, if you remember under Marvin Lewis. But, man, it, it is just, to me, when you sit and look right now at what the uh, at what the Bengals have accomplished, you have to say the Andy Dalton era is over, right? You have to effectively say we are done with Andy Dalton. Uh, I understand it's tough. You've paid the Red Rifle a decent salary. To be fair to the Bengals, at least you've never paid him an insane salary. But that era of Andy Dalton has to be over. And I understand A.J. Green is injured and there are other mitigating circumstances as to why it's potentially hard to judge uh, Andy Dalton completely at this moment in time. But you are going to be in the mix. I saw a mock draft that had seven quarterbacks going in the top 60 picks or 50 picks, I think it was. You were going to be in the mix along with several other teams potentially for the number one overall pick whether it's the Bengals, the Dolphins, the Redskins, the Jets, or the Broncos, all of those teams are winless right now. There are five winless teams in the NFL. And if you break them all down on an individual basis, the Bengals need a quarterback. The Dolphins need a quarterback. And honestly, that's probably it. So if you want some glimmer of hope that is out there right now as a Bengal fan, that means that at least of the teams that are awful. The Redskins, you would not think, will draft a first-round quarterback the year after they got went and drafted Dwayne Haskins. The Jets have Sam Darnold whenever he comes back from mono, so you would think they're out of the running for a quarterback for sure. And the Broncos may need a quarterback, but they just gave a lot of money to Joe Flacco, and last year they just took Drew Locke relatively high in the second round. So it would be a little bit strange for the Broncos to go out and draft another quarterback. Now, John Elway's stewardship of the quarterback position in Denver in general has been kind of wacky. Uh, so who knows what the Broncos are going to end up doing. But it appears to me that the Bengals and the Dolphins are the two worst teams in uh, the defeated team list in terms of teams that are definitely going to be looking at quarterbacks. And when you consider how many good quarterbacks there are, that's at least a positive, a glimmer of hope that is floating around out there. Now, if you are the Steelers, Mason Rudolph was really pretty good. I know they didn't let him throw down the field very much early, but he did hit a big touchdown pass that effectively ended this game uh, around a 50-yarder to put the Steelers up 24-3. to Here is what that sounded like. Rudolph stays in the shotgun. He wants to throw it. He's back. Big rush. Throws it down the field, a man wide open, and it's pulled in by Deontay Johnson for the touchdown. Rudolph to Johnson, 43 yards, and the Steelers are having fun playing football. All right, so that was the uh, determining touchdown, and I think we have some disappointing sound after the game from the Bengals coach, Zach Taylor, uh, as he attempts to make sense of what's going on. We're 0-4. We're the 0-4 2019 Cincinnati Bengals right now, and and, uh, you know, it's a test of our character. You know, that's what I told the guys. Our, your, your character as a man and your character as a football player. How are you going to respond right now? 
you going to feel sorry for us? Because nobody else on this planet feels sorry for us right now, you know, and, and uh, it's going to be the opposite. You know, people are, are uh, going to take shots at you right now. So what are we about? We, we, I think it's a group of guys that's going to step up and respond, you know, and, and it just hasn't been that way yet. I, I, I'm just up here making excuses what it feels like, to be honest with you. we got to get it done. You know, we we got to figure it out. i got to figure it out. Players got to figure it out. we got to come together, and, and uh, you know, we, we can't all be up here making these excuses for not scoring points and, and not getting stops, and it's just on us to get it figured out. Andy Dalton, the Red Rifle, again, I believe his tenure with the Bengals as the starter has to be coming to a close here. Uh, it's just time to turn the page. And given there are five teams that are winless, and like we just said, the Bengals and the Dolphins are the only ones that you would definitively think, okay, they need to go draft a young quarterback, it's probably going to be time to go ahead and turn the page on the Andy Dalton era. What did Andy Dalton have to say after he was sacked eight times and hit 11 times the most in his nine-year career? I'm never going to give up, you know, in regards to the situation. You know, it's just how you have to play the game, and it's how I play the game. And so, yeah, I mean, regardless of the circumstance, you're going to try to do your best out there. It all starts with one win. It starts with the preparation as we put in uh, for the Cardinals this week, um, the attention to detail, and everybody has to play their best. And we haven't done that up to this point. That should be a real barn burner. Bengals, Cardinals, go ahead and put that on your calendar. Make sure you don't miss that. I even feel sorry for, I think uh, Zach Taylor said, nobody's going to feel sorry for the Cincinnati Bengals. I actually kind of feel sorry for the Cincinnati Bengals and their fans. It's been a long time. A lot of people who show up have season tickets for the Bengals. I mean, that's a uh, that's an, you know never-ending sea of futility by and large with very little, little uh, in the way of glimmers of hope. All right, uh, but on the other side, if you're the Steelers, Right now, you have not been very good. You're sitting at one and three, but you could take a like kind of recalibrate the season at this point, as I think you always do in the NFL. In the sort of like, it's like getting a report card every four weeks, there are four different four week seasons, and you kind of look at each of them as many challenges and 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 sort of self assess after each four week period. If you are the Steelers right now, you can take a look back and say, okay, we got whipped in week one by the Patriots. Patriots have been pretty good. Nobody scored on them. Do we feel awful about that? Not necessarily. What about week two? Well, we lost a really close game against the Seattle Seahawks, and the Seahawks right now are sitting at 3-1. and one. They're a pretty good football team. What about week three? Well, we went all the way across the country, and we lost to the San Francisco 49ers, but San Francisco 49ers are undefeated too. In fact, if you look at who the Steelers have played in their first three, their opponents are 10-1. and one. The only loss all season for the teams that the Steelers have played was the Seahawks to the Saints, and I think the Saints are a pretty good football team. So you sit back and say, okay, we lost the first three, but the teams we lost to were 10-1. and one. That isn't necessarily a reflection on us being awful, particularly because two of those three games we could have won, and maybe we should have split at minimum. And if we look at our division now as a whole, Uh, Are we believers that the Browns are going to be just on fire after starting off two and two? I'm not. Do we believe that Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens are unbeatable? I do not. Again, you look at that and say, we're just a game out of first place. It wouldn't stun us at all 
if eight and eight wins the AFC North, certainly I feel like nine and seven is a very doable uh, record to win the AFC North as well. That is a record that is reachable if I am sitting around and I am a Steeler fan. We have one resident Steeler fan on this show who knows the team better than most. Eddie Garcia, what would you say about what you saw last night in the Monday Night Football win for the Steelers? Well, first of all, I'll agree with you that I knew the Bengals were bad, but I didn't know God, they, they were are so that bad. bad. And and frankly, I think the worst part was I felt like they quit about half, maybe not even halfway through that game. It looked like they were totally uninterested. And that's a division game on Monday night, and you just don't show up. I mean, yeah. I know they're bad, but boy, that's that was uh, embarrassing. As for the Steelers, you know, I mean, encouraging. I, I realize they beat a bad team, so I'm not overly excited about it but they did what they had to do now we'll see how they do against the Ravens next week and if they win that game then okay you're kind of still in in the thick of things so uh, Mason Rudolph was pretty good not bad okay you know he's not lighting the world on fire but he's also looking like he's maybe got a future in this league so I, I would say encouraging I thought that the Steelers put together a fantastic game plan for Mason Rudolph. Sometimes if you have a young quarterback, you can overwhelm him. You can put him in situations where it's clear that his head is spinning because he's trying to do too much. I thought the idea of running the Wildcat as much as the Steelers did was really, really smart. They put him in a lot of good down and distance positions. They also, I thought, caught the Cincinnati Bengals unexpected with the amount of Wildcat that they they ran with Curtis Samuel, I think it was, right? Um, and I also loved the uh, the degree to which Mason Rudolph almost looked at times, at times, he doesn't have as big of an arm as Ben Roethlisberger, but the amount of times that he extended a play and then looked downfield and was able to uh, and was able to make the right throw into the right coverage situation, I was cautiously optimistic with, uh, but they gave him a lot of easy throws, and I think a big part of why there were so many easy throws was just flat out because the Bengals were atrocious uh so we come back uh we will continue to unpack what we learned in the nfl in week four uh, i appreciate all of you hanging out with us week four in the nfl now in the books we have got a loaded show we've got a lot of guests coming your direction we're going to talk with charles davis uh we are going to talk with petros papadakis all that and more maybe also with dan wetzel lots of stories to unpack as this program continues thanks for hanging out with us here on outkick on the tuesday edition of uh, the show on Fox Sports Radio. This is Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts 
parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their trip of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of BF Goodrich tires, shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Charles Davis joins us now at CFD22 on Twitter. He had the game that I thought was pretty intriguing, and I spent a lot of time watching this past weekend, uh, the Lions hosting the Chiefs. And, Charles, first of all, thanks for joining us. Second, who did we learn the most about in your mind, the Lions or the Chiefs, based on what we saw in the game you had? Well, I'd love to give you just a straight answer, but I have to actually say both, and I'll tell you very quickly why. The Lions, we came into this game like, all right, and, and Clay, you've been around the league a long time. How many times have you heard the term SOL, same old Lions? Yeah. Right? 
that doesn't look like the same old Lions. They don't feel like the same old Lions. They didn't lose this game as much as Kansas City found a way to take it, to come back and win it, okay? They didn't, they didn't make mistakes down the stretch. They handed it to them. They didn't collapse. They didn't go anything where the fans should walk out of Ford Field going, ah, oh, we've seen this before. They should feel good about what they saw. Matthew Stafford playing hurt. They made a lot of plays. Carryon Johnson made a play at the goal line that he will, will probably not make again, you know, reaching when you're not supposed to reach. You've got to run through. All those things. Kansas City, yeah, Baltimore score looked close, but they were up 30-13 to at one point. They're used to being the Kansas City track club. They sprint out ahead of people, you know, the whole deal. They got pressed. Their quarterback, who was just, you know, waltzing through the league, never threw a touchdown pass, but down the stretch – made play after play, even though they were off by just a hair all game long. And then on that fourth and eight, used his legs, kept the drive alive. To me, it was a big deal for both of them. But um, I'd probably be a little more encouraged if I were Detroit, because you expect Kansas City to be good. But I thought it was really good for Kansas City to win kind of a fight type of a game. I thought, Charles, that the response from the Lions, as you mentioned it, was really impressive, particularly on that carry-on Johnson play where – Let's be honest, you don't see very often, and I think you do have to give some credit to the Chiefs here, how often do you see a guy pick up a ball and run it the length of the field, kind of half speed at times, cross the goal line, and then have it end up a touchdown on instant replay (laughs) review? Almost never, right? I mean, the guys are instructed, hey, when you see a loose ball, pick it up, take off, run through the whistle, whatever you decide to do. And and then to have that turn into a touchdown and a 99-yard touchdown at that, you almost never see a play like that. And so I was impressed by the response from the Lions because it's easy to just kind of throw up your hands and say, well, it's not our day. We are the Lions. Look at what just happened to us. We were driving to take the lead, and we got hit by this calamity. They responded pretty well, but that was a wild, crazy, zany <laughs> play to have happen. It was, and to your point about how they responded, remember they had a touchdown that they thought they had to Kenny Galladay. Yeah. It was overturned on replay. It was signal touchdown on the field. I thought it was a touchdown. Kevin Burkhart thought it was a touchdown. Dean Blandino told us that he thought it would be overturned when we went to him. We disagreed with Dean. That's our peril. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Dean, Dean was correct. Um, and, again, it's one of those things where – a few years ago when we were saying, what's a catch? What the heck's a catch? You know, if 100 people are sitting in a bar watching the game, I'd say 98 of them said that was a catch. Why isn't that a catch? You know, that sort of a deal. Well, they had that, the play you just talked about, and yet they hung in there, more than hung in there. And uh, I think they've got a chance to be a pretty good team. I think that NFC North really, truly can be a dogfight. And people can say whatever they want about Matthew Stafford. You know, you get a lot of criticism of him. He doesn't do this, he doesn't do that. Never, ever ever question his toughness 132nd straight game he started and he truly was hurt going into this one he popped up late in the week on the injury report with a hip and we're like what what happened and turned out he was he's out there limping around but boy didn't miss a snap and made a lot of big time plays so I I think if I'm a Lions fan, I would be encouraged, but of course they will be cautious because they've seen this before. Charles, last night, and I don't know if you were watching Monday Night Football, but... I actually did. I actually did. Yeah, (laughs) I know. Sometimes people are so busy, you know, by the time you get to Monday, if you're in our business, like you watch games all week. And so uh, it seems to me that based on some of the instant replay reviews, and it's not just Monday Night Football, but last night the Steelers got called for an offensive pass interference. 
it seemed clear to me on replay, you were talking about what is and what is not a catch. It seems like there's almost a referee resistance that's in place uh, when it comes to offensive and defensive pass interference where they may have a rule where if you challenge it, they can change it. But the decision seems to be almost always, whatever the rule is, it's going to stand. Is that just kind of a form almost of passive resistance from the, uh, for maybe active resistance from the NFL officiating crew that they don't want this rule changed? Because if last night when they called that offensive pass interference, if when they went and reviewed it, they didn't change it. If I'm a coach or I'm the guy who's supposed to buzz down and say, yeah, you got to challenge this, the lesson that I have been taught time after time based on how the first four weeks have gone is we ain't changing things. Don't challenge these. Yeah, I think I think there's there there could very well easily be something to that. I thought what was interesting about that one, and I think we're on the same play, is when they came to you know the guys in the booth, Joe Tessitore, Booger McFarland, and they brought in their official, yeah, John Perry, who's been a a Super Bowl official, and he said, you know, one, I didn't see offensive pass interference. Yeah, no discernible push. This is one that should be overturned right. because it was wrong, and they stayed with what they had on the field. That was an interesting one for me, not because I'm just saying John Perry's infallible. I think he's very good, frankly. I think that finally Monday night has 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 a person up there that, that really fits the bill. But to your point, yeah, we really don't like this. Well, I have to admit, I'm in their camp. I hope this is a one-year deal, and, and, and it fades away. Because I know there was such a cause celebrating, I get it. And if I were a Saints fan, I probably wouldn't have this opinion, Clay. All right, if I'm that invested in my team, I'd be like, "Yep, you guys took a Super Bowl for us." I won't get into the rest of it, which was they kicked the field goal after that play. I won't get into that they won the coin toss in overtime. Yeah, you know all those things that go along with it, because that play was such a big deal and so pivotal that it led us to where we are here. And then, of course, early season we had. In our game, the officials letting that play play out with Carryon Johnson. Yep. Same officiating crew that blew the whistle dead in the Saints game against the Rams and brought back Cameron Jordan's touchdown. So you have this type of thing that happens, but I do believe this stuff will even out, quote unquote, over time. And I think the Saints were the beneficiaries of a couple of calls against Dallas like that. Oh, there's no doubt. I still think that Ezekiel Elliott was down watching that game on yep. Sunday Night Football. It seemed to me like his elbow was down and he still had possession of the football, uh, at least when I saw some of the still shot photographs of the instant replay. Um, you played in the secondary back in the day at Tennessee. Uh, a guy who has uh, you know, gotten a reputation certainly over the years for his hits is Vontez Perfect. Um, and uh, I don't know what you thought of the hit that he put on. Uh, I guess it was against the Colts. Uh, Jack Doyle, I believe, was the the tight end there. Uh, What should happen to Vontez Burfecht based on his history? Do you agree with him being suspended for the rest of the year? How would you approach that if you were the NFL looking at him, not as this standalone play, but based on the precedent and history of his behavior on the field? Yeah, that's, that's where this is going, and that's what the league is going to stand on is history because you notice how quickly after that happened we saw a list didn't we clay yep i mean it was quick wasn't it, it you know i don't want to go go kennedy here right but you remember after 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 president kennedy was shot how quickly 
things came together, didn't they? You know, where things were presented and documents were found and, you know, all that stuff, right? If you want to go conspiracy theory. I don't believe there's a conspiracy with Vontez Perfect. I think that the league has almost prepared this thing. Like, when he got signed by Oakland, almost felt like there was a secret meeting somewhere that said, okay, look, Perfect's back in the league. You know something's going to go down because it has before. Make sure we are ready when it does, because we may have to rise to the level of, and sure enough, there it was. My only concern with all of this, Clay, and, and trust me on this one, let me make sure I'm definitive here, I have no problem with Vontez Burfitt being suspended for the rest of the year. Zero. Zero, zero, zero. I think I was pretty clear when he got signed that um, this is just going, it's a matter of time before something happens, and, and, and I'm taking the under on that amount of time. And it did. But I just want to make sure the league is prepared to defend and be consistent as we have these other cases come up with other guys with hits. Because this helmet-to-helmet thing, I would say 9.9 times out of 10, it's not malicious. It's what happens during a game. You know what I'm saying, Clay? Guys, yeah. guys are going across the middle, heads collide. Guys are going to make the tackle. They think the strike zone is here. The running back of the receiver twists, ducks their body, and all of a sudden you get helmet-to-helmet contact. You know what I mean? So with Burfecht, I don't have any problem that seemed to be pretty easily discernible. You didn't see him twist his head to one side or anything. It just came straight through. Textbook, 1980s, 90s, how you were taught to tackle. Right? You just come right through that guy like that. You never saw his head move in any direction, Clay. You never saw him try and twist and bring shoulders into it at all. Because sometimes you'll get it where the guy's trying not to hit the head, and the shoulder will hit the head. You know, We didn't have that. It was just straight on with plenty of run, plenty of space. So I don't have any problem. I just want to make sure the league has got, got this locked down tight. Because with Vontez perfect, he can all of a sudden turn around and look like a victim because so many things pile up. But I think it all piles up because he brings it to himself. We're talking to Charles Davis at CFD 22. You live down in the Orlando area. That's not too far in general from uh, Jacksonville. How would you handle Jalen Ramsey if you were the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars and you had this situation playing out right now? The reason why I ask, I mean, obviously it didn't seem like it was going to be as big of a storyline when the Jags started off 0-2. Now they've won two games in a row. Gardner Minshew has put together three starts in a row, which are turning him into kind of a legend already among Jags fans. Uh, And if you're a Jags, you're sitting around saying, hey, we could go beat Kyle Allen and and the Carolina Panthers this weekend, get ourselves squarely even more so in the mix. Everybody's tied at 2-2 in this division. We could win this division. This seems like a a lot more of a a difficult situation almost for the Jags, ironically, because they've won two in a row, and it's not as if they've punted on the season right now. That is so true. I mean, this team, and look, the whole division's two and two. Yep. I mean, everyone hasn't happened since 1970, since the (laughs) AFL-NFL merger, that an entire division has all been two and two. And when you look at that two and two, some of those, some of those places you look at two and two teams and you think, yeah, but that team's still really good. Others you look at and go, I don't know how they're two and two. With this division, you don't know what to determine, right? Exactly right. Houston had a chance to to get to three and one at home. Carolina comes in and takes their measure, right? Tennessee looks floundering at one and two after what happened in Jacksonville previous Thursday. They go to Atlanta, which needed a get right game. Jumped on, jumped on the Falcons. We can go right through this division and not be able to come up with answers. So here's what I'm thinking. And I don't know if it's radical. I don't know what it is. But the owner there, Shad Khan, 
of Jacksonville. Seems like he really wants Jalen Ramsey to be around, doesn't he, Clay? Makes like, sense. This is, this is not, I would want is, him to be around if I was the who, owner who of the Jags. Right? Yeah. But but what I'm saying is, normally he, he he's. I'm not saying he's a background guy because we know who Shad Khan is and his son Tony, and they're very involved and, and, and rightly so. They do a lot of great things for that team, community, etc. What I'm saying is, he seems to be a little more involved in this one because it's like I can't understand how we can't make a Pro Bowl, all-pro corner happy. What is going on here? Right. If I'm him, I, 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 tell my, I tell my brain trust, Tom Coughlin, Dave Caldwell, guys, I don't want you getting bent out of shape, but let me work on this one. And I call Jalen Ramsey and his reps and say, all right, dinner somewhere, let's, what's the deal? And let's get to all the underlying issues. Let's get to who disrespected who. I don't trust this guy. Let, let, let's figure this out. And get to the inf- get take it all the way up there, and then let Shad Khan sleep on it and think I can fix this, I can help this, or he's really dug in. Two first really makes sense for me going forward because he's a great player. I can probably get that because you keep hearing someone has already offered it. I got to figure this thing out and sooner rather than later. Because if you can go in as the owner and fix this thing and get everybody doing a little kumbaya, <laughs> why would you want Jalen Ramsey anywhere else? He's too great of a ball player. Cam Newton came out with a video. I don't know if you watched the video uh, Friday night. I didn't night. watch it, but I got a full description of it from a friend who said, uh, hey, have you seen the video? And I was like, you know, and once he described it to me, I'm like, I got to tell you, I don't want to watch it. Yeah, all right. So uh, for people out there who haven't seen it, I'm actually surprised this wasn't a bigger story than, than, than what it became. And I think maybe it was because it came out Friday night after college yeah. football games had already started and people had already kind of turned their page on headed into the weekend but cam newton releases a youtube video where he's he looks like like a french filmmaker right like he's sitting with a scarf on he's smoking a cigar he's drinking wine it's really a strange thing it's like 15 minutes long of him talking about his health and i it's it's really weird all right so kyle allen has come in and won two games in a row cam newton prior to this before he comes out with his health story has lost eight games in a row is Cam Newton in danger of having his tenure at Carolina end, especially because right now the Panthers are favored to beat the Jags? Now, we'll see what happens in this game between Kyle Allen and Gardner Minshew. Both those guys have been really good as backups. But how – I mean, it's a crazy question to ask. But if you are the Panthers, do you have to contemplate not bringing Cam back this year if Kyle Allen continues to play like he is? I think that they think – I think that that's always a danger – Clay, and we see it many, many times in these quarterback controversies, and we've seen it throughout history, where you've thought the incumbent, there's no way that anyone's going to be better, and all of a sudden things go, and as you start winning, your mind changes, your, your, you know, everything around it changes, and you start to say, hmm, should we, should we? Now here's the deal. If Cam gets healthy and continues to adopt the changes he's made over the last couple of years at, of playing that position, Kyle Allen's not a better quarterback, okay? That's, that's, that's not what we're talking here. But for whatever reason, this team is winning games. My big thing with him is they have a ready-made excuse, quote-unquote, to figure this thing out one way or the other, which is Cam's health. You err on the side of him getting fully healthy, because didn't he say, I've got to get fully healthy, this is, I can't do anything until I do that, and I haven't done that before? Yeah. Well, here's your chance. Sit out get fully healthy, ride Kyle Allen, and see where this goes with this season. Because 
that defense is bringing them a heck of a season as well, right? The defense is really, we've always talked about them before, but for some reason because of Cam's health, Kyle Allen's play, Christian McCaffrey running it, we've forgotten this defense is tied for first in the league in sacks with 18, their fifth in total defense, and, and they, look, they look like the Carolina defenses we've seen before. We're not even talking about that now. I would ride it out, get him healthy, and see where Kyle Allen goes. But I'm just telling you, if Cam comes back healthy, I still think it's going to be his team. I still think he's a better quarterback. But it leads to this. You know, it leads to Tom Landry decide maybe I ought to go with Gary Hoganbloom, as he used to call him, right? It leads to Ohio State, Cardale Jones having that big three-game run, Big Ten Championship, college football semis, college football national championship game. He starts the next year over J.T. Barrett. <laughs> you know, the opening, opening of the thing, and J.T. Barrett's one of their all-time great quarterbacks. Cardell Jones had a short run. These things happen. That's what people have to be careful of. Good stuff, as always. Charles Davis, who do you have this weekend, by the way? We've got uh, Minnesota at the Giants, and all of a sudden the Giants are relevant, aren't they? Yeah. And the Vikings, but here's one thing real quick, Clay. The Vikings are 2-2. Two and two. I think the last time they started 2-2, two and two, they ended up in the NFC Championship game. But it doesn't have that feel right now when you've got your wide receivers saying your quarterback's got to throw it to me and throw it to us. And that's really crazy, isn't it? The wide receiver from Minnesota State who was happy to be in the league, he's not just happy anymore. He's proved himself, and he wants to football with his other guys. And this is going to be interesting how Mike Zimmer handles that. I don't know how the Viking offense is as bad as it is. When you've got Adam Thielen, no Stephon Diggs, and Dalvin Cook is playing out of his mind right now, that just doesn't – I know people can say, oh, you don't have a great uh, uh, offensive line, but it's come better on. better than it was I mean, last year. Yeah. Better than it was last year. You've got the, co- the runner who's running it now. Remember they brought in Kubiak to help oversee it with Kevin Stefanski, and they were merging all these things, and they felt good about it. There are a lot of questions that we're going to be asking this week and trying to figure out ourselves, and it would be interesting to see what the Vikings say. It would be interesting to see if the Vikings present on Sunday in New York. And Daniel Jones mania officially in full swing. <laughs> I want you to check and see how many jerseys there are. The, the, the number oh, they have I sold know that in the last number. two weeks is off the charts. I know that number. You, they can't keep it in stock right now. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, outstanding stuff as always. We'll talk to you next week, Charles. Be good, Clay. All right, we'll do. That's Charles Davis at CFD22. Good stuff, as always. When we come back, we'll continue to unpack the NFL Week 4 now that it's complete. Also talk some about college football as we roll forward. And at the top of Hour 2, I'll give you bottom five, top five in, in the NFL. Plus, we'll also talk about this uh, name-image-likeness bill that was passed by the state of California, what it could mean for paying players. All that's still to come. Appreciate you spending your Tuesday morning with us here on OutKick. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o -O who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield 
wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Yokohama tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installation near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their yokohama test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be this stat is about to blow your mind. As we finish off hour one here, appreciate you hanging out with us on Outkick. Do you guys know 
who the five best quarterbacks have been according to the NFL's passer rating. The five best quarterbacks in the NFL, according to the NFL's passer rating through four games. All right, these are people who have started all four games. You're going to be able to use this as a trivia question, I bet, to win bar uh, bar money, bar bets, beers, whatever you want, because I think a lot of people are going to say, no way is this accurate. These are the five best quarterbacks through the first four games. Now, I'll give you an exception here in a minute, but to have started all four games, best quarterback in the NFL, nobody's going to be surprised, right? Patrick Mahomes. He's got a 120.4 passer rating through four games. He is the best quarterback. Second best, probably not going to surprise people either, Russell Wilson, 118.7. Here's where things might start to go a little bit surprising if we had said coming into this season, who do you think the best five quarterbacks from a passer rating perspective will be? Here we go. Dak Prescott. 113.7. Now, what would make you a little bit nervous about Dak is he started off white hot with a perfect passer rating, and every week he's gotten a little bit better, a little bit worse. Sorry, he's been coming downhill every week, and he wasn't very good against the Saints. That's kind of the latest. In the four spot, this is another example of a guy who started off white hot, Lamar Jackson. 109.4. Now, we talked about this yesterday on Lock It In. Lamar Jackson was really, really good against the Miami Dolphins and against the Arizona Cardinals, both teams of which have failed to win a game so far. He hasn't been very good at all against either the uh, Cleveland Browns, who we just saw him lose against, or the Kansas City Chiefs. Big game for the Ravens and for Lamar Jackson and for the Steelers going on the road this week now coming up against the Steelers. Steelers are a four-point underdog. I think the Steelers are going to win that game outright. I really do. I think the Steelers turn around at home on Sunday and beat the Ravens outright. Those are the top four. How about the fifth spot? Marcus Mariota, 106.2. Those are the five highest-rated passers in the NFL that have started all four games. That's pretty wild. Now, going to get even wilder. If we eliminated the four-game requirement, then there would be two more guys right there in the top seven. We would have Gardner Minshew, who, remember, came in in the first quarter. He would actually be in the number five spot. And then we got Kyle Allen. How good has Kyle Allen been through two games? If you put Kyle Allen in there, he would actually be right behind Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes. Those would be your seven best quarterbacks if we include uh, the ability of the starting two games or less. Danny G, when you hear those seven, is your mind exploding? Like uh, The odds of those being the seven best quarterbacks through four games would have been off the charts. Yeah, we would have never predicted that, uh, some of the list. And then Minshew versus Allen is really interesting because they go up against each other. This coming week, so that's going to be great. I mean, that's why... Both of them, by the way, going for their third straight win. Yeah. Either Gardner Minshew is going to win three games in a row as a starting quarterback in the NFL, or Kyle (laughs) Allen is. And the most surprising quarterback on that list, Marcus Mariota, because last season you thought that was it. It was his swan song, and 
You know, the three touchdowns. What, he had three TDs in the first half this past Sunday, right? Yeah, that's right. And then he he cooled off in the second half. So now, are you turning in corner this season with Mariota? Are you back on the Mariota ship? No, I'm not back on the Mariota ship. Like, they have to – the Titans play the Bills. And the Bills, we don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback. Is Josh Allen going to come back from his concussion, or are they going to start Matt Barkley? Uh, But the Bills have a really good defense. Next two weeks for the Titans – Titans play the Bills at home in Nashville, which is really a must-win. They're three-point favorites. And then they go, uh, the Titans do, on the road. Who do they play? Somebody that's very beatable, the Broncos. So the Broncos are sitting at 0-4. Bradley Chubb is out for the season. We don't know exactly what's going to happen there, but the Titans need to win both those games, honestly. If the Titans are sitting at 4-2, and then I might go back and recalibrate. But right now, I would say the Titans are an 8-8 eight eight team. They're going to win a game every now and then that surprises you. They'll lose one that you don't anticipate. They'll go 8-8. Eight and eight. So if they win both and they're sitting at 4-2 and two with the Chargers coming to town, then I'll go back and I'll reassess potentially. But until then, I expect them to split or lose both these games, even though they're both very much winnable. All right, we come back. Top five, bottom five in the NFL. And then we're going to dive into this new name, image, and likeness bill that's been signed by the state of California and what its impact could be big picture-wise on the larger college football landscape. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Tuesday edition of the show, usually Mark Schlereth joins us here in hour two, but he's in the process of traveling to London, so we won't have him uh, this week. We'll talk to him next week. This is Outkick. I'm Clay Travis. Up next, top five, bottom five on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Appreciate you spending your Tuesday morning with us as we keep rolling here. Uh, And we have now finished NFL week four with the Bengals getting destroyed by the Steelers. And so the Bengals fall to 0-4. And and, uh, I'm sorry, this is uh, something I think they said during the broadcast last night. This is the eighth different time since 1991 that the Bengals have been 0-4 which is, I mean, that's pretty unbelievable. I mean, it's hard to go 0-4 in the NFL uh, given parity, but for the Bengals to have done it eight different times since 1991, all you have to do is say, uh, I'm sorry, Bengal fans, for what you have to go through on a year-in and year-out basis. Mike Brown just doesn't seem like he's interested in ever having a good team, but at least you are theoretically in the mix to get a really high draft pick to replace Andy Dalton because I think it's probably time to go ahead and turn the page. But what it's also time for is at the top of hour two on every single Tuesday in the wake of an NFL week, we are now a quarter of the way through the NFL season. We help to assess where exactly we are by looking at the top five and the bottom five, giving you our rankings in the NFL There is the music. The bottom five, I think, is really easy. So I'm going to start there. There are five winless teams right now in the NFL. Now, to be fair to the Arizona Cardinals fans, yes, the Arizona Cardinals have a tie on their resume. But there are five teams that have not won a game yet. And that's an easy kind of line of demarcation for the bottom five teams in the NFL. And here they are. I've got the Arizona Cardinals at 28. I've got the Jets at 29. I've got the Redskins at 30. Based on what we saw last night, I've got the Bengals at 31, and I've got the Miami Dolphins at 32. The five worst teams in the NFL. And maybe what's most intriguing to me about these five bad teams is 
when you look at them, they're not all naturally in the college quarterback market, right? The Cardinals certainly aren't because they just drafted Kyler Murray. The Jets are not because Sam Darnold, while he has mono, is only in his second year. The Redskins probably are not because Dwayne Haskins is in his first year, which means that the Bengals and the Dolphins are really the only two teams in those five that you look at and say, okay, they're 100%, I would expect, at least in the quarterback market, unless something crazy happens, like Josh Rosen goes out and turns into uh, a, a wonder quarterback. The Dolphins will be drafting a quarterback and the Bengals will be drafting a quarterback. But the other teams that right now would be drafting the highest are not, which means maybe Chase Young, a defensive end from Ohio State, could be in the mix to be the overall number one pick. Could also mean that a lot of these teams might be interested in trading out of their high draft position and seeing whether there are some other teams out there that could be uh, intrigued uh, and interested in moving up. So that is the bottom five in the NFL any disagreement, Danny G? No, I think that the bottom this week is, like you said, pretty easy. I guess the Broncos you left off because we still think they should have got the W in week two. I think you can make an argument, at least for the Broncos, that they could have, could, I say, could be two and two, right? I mean, they lose on a last-second field goal to the Jags, and if they had beaten the Bears, which I think was definitely possible – uh, they could have been in the mix. I feel like they've been closer to actually winning games than anybody else on this list. So uh, I left the Broncos off. Obviously, they are winless as well. And if you're breaking them down, I don't know what they would do at the quarterback position either because those are the bottom six teams given the fact that they've all lost um, and they have yet to win a game. But the Broncos just signed Joe Flacco to a big deal and they also just gave a lot of money uh, at least in terms of draft stock, they spent some money on Drew Locke, taking him as a high second-round pick. So I don't really know what John Elway's going to do at the quarterback position. You could rinse and repeat that. Uh, Dub or Eddie, any major disagreements here with the bottom five? No major disagreements for me. You're in the you're in the line there. What about you, uh, Eddie? Would you agree with the general vibe of the bottom five there? Yes, and also agree with not putting the Broncos in there. They could they lose two of those games on last second field goals. Yeah, I think the yeah exactly. I think the Broncos are uh, uh, you know again easily could be two and two. I don't think you can say that about any of the other bottom five teams. Roberto, are you comfortable with these five? I'll put the Broncos in there. The Broncos suck. But who would you replace? Uh, He's talking as a Raiders fan. He doesn't yeah, really think that. Right. So if you were going to replace them, then you have to bump somebody up. I guess you could bump the Cardinals up and say, well, they got a tie. But I feel like they have not been, by and large, I mean, they played one quarter to get that tie, and they've never really been in the mix to win any of their other games on a substantial level. So anyway, those are the bottom five I'm pretty confident about. The top five in the NFL right now, I think it's really hard to figure out who the five best teams in the NFL are. Now, uh, we'll count them down here. I think it's relatively easy if you've watched the first four weeks of the season to say that the Patriots and the Chiefs, who are the only two 4-0 teams in the NFL, are the two best teams in the league. So right now, I have the Patriots 1 and the Chiefs 2. How do I distinguish between those two teams right now? I believe that as good as Mahomes is, his defense is significantly worse uh, than Tom Brady's defense is. So if you put Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes back at the top of your sort of draft board here down the stretch and try to assess these two teams, the Patriots have 
and elite, maybe best in the def- the, the NFL, maybe best every few years in the NFL-style defense. Remember, they've only given up one defensive touchdown. The other touchdowns given up by the Patriots so far this year fumble into the end zone by the punt return team, 61-yard interception return. Otherwise, the Patriots have only given up one touchdown through four weeks in the season. Brady plus the defense of the Patriots better right now to me than Patrick Mahomes plus the defense of the Chiefs, which is why I have got the Patriots as my number one team. After 1-2, I don't really think there's a very easy decision to be made here. Uh, now, the 49ers are 3-0, and but if you go behind the number of their 3-0, and they've got a couple teams they've beaten that just aren't very good. And so I, I, just, I really don't buy into the 49ers yet as a top-five team, so 49er fans can be upset. As a third team, and I'm not 100% sure about this, but I've got the Saints – And I've got the Saints as the best team right now based on the fact that they were good enough to beat the Cowboys without Drew Brees. And their defense is playing well enough that they could very easily be the best defense in the NFC. And that's assuming Drew Brees is going to come back healthy eventually. Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, I just feel like the Saints are the best team in the NFC right now. Now, I know... They lost to the Rams, uh, but Drew Brees got knocked out of that game. It was pretty close until Brees got knocked out, and then there was not really time to prep or panic. There was a little bit of panic that set in. So I've got the Saints there uh, in the three spot. In the four spot, I've got the Cowboys, who if they had beaten the uh, the Saints late on that drive, I would have as the best team in the NFC, but they didn't do it. And then in the five spot, this is really difficult because they just got destroyed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I have got the L.A. Rams. So I think, again, there is a lot of parity in the NFL already. We can see it by week four. The bottom five or six, if you want to include the Broncos, all winless teams, really easy to do. That's my top five. I would expect that there might be some disagreement because it's hard to know who exactly the best teams are. Danny G, what would you say about the outkick top five that I just gave you. Patriots one, Chiefs two, Saints three, Cowboys four, Rams five. You have a couple of things different, but twisted minds think alike. I also wrote down the Saints as number three. I have Chiefs one because I dock the Patriots a point for employing that dirtbag AB. So Chiefs one, Patriots two, Saints three. I'm going to put the Niners four, three and oh. I understand what you're saying about the opponents, but they are unbeaten and they have a good test coming up. And then I have the Cowboys and Rams tied for the fifth spot with their 3-1 and one records, both coming off tough losses. All right, what would you say about my five, Dub? I actually have full agreement through the first four, but on the fifth one, I went with the Detroit Lions. I've been super impressed with how they've played, and they slowed down Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs as much as anyone can slow down Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs without Darius Slay, who's their best corner uh, cornerback on their team. So I've been super impressed with them other than their little – uh, blunder week one, letting the Cardinals get back into it. But I've been uh, I've been impressed with the Lions. I have them at five. Yeah, that's a bold proposition. I mean, they gave up the 24-6 to lead to the Cardinals, and that's tough. Uh, but if they had beaten the Chiefs, I mean, this is how fine the line is. If they had stopped Patrick Mahomes on that fourth and eight, then I don't think anybody out there would be quibbling with the fact that the Lions, who would have been sitting at 3-0-1, still undefeated, probably would have been in the top five. Uh, what about you, Eddie Garcia? What uh, My top five out there, Patriots, Chiefs, Saints, Cowboys, Rams is my top five. 
Uh, how would you assess that list? I actually have the exact same top five, and that number five was tough. Um, you could put Green Bay, I guess, in there, Chicago maybe because of the records, but I also went with the Rams. Yes, that ugly loss at home to Tampa Bay was concerning, but I still think they're they're better than, than Chicago and Green Bay. I mean, the, the reason why I went Rams five is they beat the Saints, and I know they beat the Saints with the Drew Brees injury, but – that's a really, really good win, I think, based on what we've seen from the Saints since. The Saints beat the 3-1 and one Seattle Seahawks. That's the only loss that the Seahawks have. And the Saints also beat the 3-1 and one Dallas Cowboys. It's the only loss that the Cowboys have. When you are the only loss for two different teams through four weeks, I think you have to say the Saints are the best team in the NFC so far. Roberto, you agreeing with the list? Yeah, I totally agree with the list there. I also, I'll also put the, the, Ram, the Rams in there as well. Yeah, I, I think the, the the five spot, again, I mean, I think it was Dub who said yesterday, what did you say, Dub? 75% of the teams in the NFL through week four are two and two or better. There are 13 teams in the NFL right now that are two and two, almost half the league. So 75% of the fan bases out there, 24 teams are two and two or better, I believe is the number. And so... Even if your team's one and three, if you're the Falcons or you're the Steelers, like you can look and say, okay, we've got enough talent to be able to still make a run here. But the NFL sells hope better than any league, any pro sports league in America. And I don't know that there's an, that, that there's a better stat than that. 24 out of 32 teams right now are two and two or better, meaning not just are your playoff dreams still alive, but your Super Bowl dreams are still alive. And look, the way quarterbacks have been dropping like flies – Brady and Mahomes are like ninety percent of the reason, in my opinion, why the forty not why why the why the Chiefs and the Patriots are as high on this list as they are. If either of those guys goes down, or God forbid both of them went down, this would be a total cluster. Anybody could win the Super Bowl. I mean, because you could make a case, look, I mean, anybody who can get to nine and seven or ten and six and gets into the playoffs, anything can happen. And I think that's why the NFL is so, so successful because they sell this idea of if you just squint and look at the right direction, if you just kind of uh, twist things in the, in, in the appropriate degree, anybody out there can feel like their team has a chance. And that's where we are a quarter of the way through the NFL season. Now, obviously, a lot of these teams are going to fall apart between now and the end of the year. But, I mean, we finished September. Today's the first day of October and there are very few NFL teams out there that feel like, hey, my team's dead and they have no shot. So that's top five, bottom five. We do it every single Tuesday at the top of the hour. To put in context, the weekend that just was. When we come back, I'll talk about this name, age, and likeness bill passed by California, which would allow uh, college athletes to make money uh, while they are playing and, uh, and, uh, and what the impact of this could be. Massive discussion point as California has signed that bill into law. In Hour 3, our guy Petros Papadakis will be hanging with us, may also get a little bit of an update in terms of the wild card has been set uh, and let you know what exactly the games are going to be and what that means going forward. All that and more, this is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis.
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their trip of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer. 
installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. One of the never-ending topics in the world of sports that you could, any time of the year, flip a switch and we would have loaded phone lines on is should you or should you not pay college athletes in a manner different than the scholarship more than what they're receiving now because they do receive some pay. And that has been an ongoing debate for as long as I can remember as a sports fan, certainly in the last... 30 or 40 years if you want to have a debate that gets people fired up on both sides this is one of those that you trot out there so we we got a recent uh change in uh in potentially the conversation beginning yesterday when the state of california and their governor gavin newsom signed a law allowing players to theoretically make money off their name their image and their likeness And it remains to be seen whether this is going to be challenged in the courts by the NCAA. It doesn't go into effect for several years. A lot of you out there may be rolling your eyes saying, well, good players are already being paid. Did you not pay any attention to any of the scandals surrounding pay-for-play which have been going on in the NCAA for college football and men's college basketball for pretty much as long as you can remember? But what would this actually represent? We're going to get into that in an intelligent fashion here momentarily. But first, what I would say about this story in general is this. I think the idea of paying college athletes is misguided and often conflated with the way that pro athletics works. And let me tell you why I believe that. In the NFL, you cannot go pro until three years after your high school graduating class is uh, is graduated, right? So basically until you're 21 years old. In the NBA right now, you have to wait a year after you graduate from high school in order to be able to go pro. My, my argument here is that when we blame college athletics, the NCAA in particular, for players not being paid, one thing that we are missing is – You should be able to go pro in anything, in my opinion, in the world of athletics once you reach the age of 18 years old. We allow 18-year-old kids to graduate from high school and walk right into the military and a few months later they're walking around with guns getting shot at in foreign countries, okay? If we are willing to do that to 18-year-olds in this country, then I believe it's crazy that we don't let 18-year-olds go pro. And for people out there who say, well, they're not ready, well, that's fine. I'm sure that most of the time in the military, 18-year-olds aren't ready to have submachine guns and walk around and get shot at either. But we believe when you reach the age of majority in this country, which is 18, you should have the ability to go earn a living. We don't require Taylor Swift to come sing for three years in the Vanderbilt Chorus before she's allowed to release an album. Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't have to go to USC and star in Cat on a Hot Tin Roof before he makes Titanic. 
we allow people who are talented in this country to make money off their talents, certainly by the age of 18. And even in the world of athletics, you can go pro at any age in golf. You can go pro at any age in tennis. You can go pro at 18 in hockey. You can go pro at 18 in baseball. So I think what we should have is a delineation, a difference between going to college where you can choose to go to college and also simultaneously get a college degree while you pursue a sport, which should be a pathway to the pros, not the pathway to the pros. And I think the way it should be set up is every sport should be like Major League Baseball. When you graduate from high school, they have a draft. And in that draft, you find out how highly you rank if you want to go pro at 18 and believe you are ready. You see where you are drafted. You negotiate about whether or not to immediately go into the pros or not. And if you elect to go to college, you agree to go to college for three years before you can come back out. That makes complete sense to me across the board. Everybody should have a system that is in place just like Major League Baseball. You either go directly into the pros and you never have to worry about school and maybe as a part of most of those contracts, the teams that sign you also agree to one day pay for your college if that's something you want to do because your pro career doesn't pan out. Or you go into college, you wait for three years, and then if you're good enough, you can come out pro or you can stay in college, get your degree, and then try and play in the pros. And then I think you have the choice. What I disagree with is age restrictions in sports, and the only place we have age restrictions is in the NBA and in the NFL. Every other sport you can enter. So I think that eliminates to a large degree the idea that people should get paid to go to college on top of what they already make. The other issue that I think a lot of people agree with is there's a difference between, say, signing an endorsement deal and being able to make money off of your own self. I think most people out there think it's crazy that Todd Gurley got suspended when he was playing running back at Georgia because he sold his own bowl game jersey uh, to a uh, collector, right? He owned the jersey. If he wants to sign it and he wants to sell it to somebody, that should be his right. Now, yes, you can get into interesting perspectives there where a booster could give Todd Gurley $100,000 for an autographed jersey and pay wildly over what it's actually worth, but why do you care? If Todd Gurley has possession of that jersey and he wants to sell it to somebody, I don't see an issue associated with that. It's entrepreneurial. It's his property. I also think it's crazy that back in the day when Johnny Manziel was at Texas A&M, kids could come into his classroom and get him to sign the cover of their Sports Illustrated magazine. And as soon as he signed it, they could go put it on eBay and sell it for a substantial sum of money. But if Johnny Manziel signed the cover of the Sports Illustrated and sold it himself, he was ineligible to play football. I think that's crazy, okay? So I think most people out there would believe if people want to pay you for your autograph, you should be able to sell your autograph. I think people out there believe that if you have a jersey that you got from playing in a bowl game, 
you should be able to sell your jersey to somebody if they want to buy it from you. Those are both things that I think your average person thinks it's crazy that you can't do. What I do think is potentially a mess is I don't know that college athletes should be negotiating their own endorsements because you can see how this could go completely askew very rapidly. First of all, you have 18-year-olds signing contracts who are probably not going to have good representation. They're not going to have lawyers. I think what you would find happen very quickly is people would take advantage of these 18-year-olds and you would get some local, uh, uh, I don't know, car wash company that signs an exclusive deal with an 18-year-old and he's not able to do anything else in the automotive industry for the rest of his life, right? So instead of growing up, becoming a stud, and you get, I don't, who has like a Kia deal? Like Blake Griffin, you get a Kia deal. Instead of that, like let's say you sign with a local distributorship and you've signed away your rights forever. That kind of thing can happen. Young musicians, young actors, young talented stars get taken advantage of all the time because they aren't sophisticated enough to be entering into relationships and agreements of an endorsement level. On a broader scale, on a broader scale, this also could be crazy because what if you got an 18-year-old and he is a spokesperson for the local strip club? Like, where do you draw the line? Clearly, you can't endorse everything. So I think the school would have to be involved in any endorsement. Here's the other thing. A lot of people want to focus on the athlete and say, oh, this athlete has so much value. The reason why the athlete has the value is because of the school that he plays for. Most 18 and 19 and 20-year-olds, if they went pro and they played in the G League, for instance, instead of going to the University of Kentucky for basketball or the University of North Carolina or Duke, would have no value in the G League. People would not pay money for them because they don't care about any of the G League teams. The reason why most people in college root for the guy in college is because of the name on the front of his jersey. If you represent Alabama or Ohio State or any of these other big branded schools, the guys want to believe it's because people are cheering for them because their name's on the back of the jersey. The reality is... Every three or four years, the players change. It's the name on the front of the jersey that gives them value. So we're going to unpack this a little bit. I'll open up your phone lines, answer your questions, 877-996-6369. I would also say this. The idea of every state creating its own rules as to how college athletes can be paid is fundamentally, in my opinion, broken at inception. You cannot have 50 different states with 50 different laws about how players would be able to profit off of this scenario. I'll open up your phone uh, lines. I don't really want your opinion on this. I want your questions on this. Be intelligent. Ask smart questions. Further the debate. We could easily open up the phone lines and say, do you think college players should be paid? I don't care about your opinion. I care about the quality of your question and the furtherance of the conversation. Let me bring in the crew. What do you guys think? What questions do you have about the way that this would be applied, Danny G? 
I guess my first question to you would be, how do you think the NCAA is going to handle this? I think they're going to have to adjust their laws on what exactly qualifies as amateurism. And I, I do think the idea that – I think it's on a grading scale, right, in terms of ultimately this is a political question clearly more than anything else. And I think just about everybody listening to me right now think it's crazy that an athlete doesn't have the right to sell his autograph, for instance. The autograph is your property. You should be able to show up and sign something and be paid and compensated for that. In the same way, I think also most people believe that, for instance, selling your jersey is fine. I think what the NCAA is afraid of is if the black market is totally lifted and we start to get guys who are just directly paid, a lot of this money will come from boosters. And I know what schools are afraid of is right now, if you are a huge fan of a particular athletic program, most of the time the donors give money directly to the school, which goes to facilities, which goes to academic support, which goes to giving the overall quality of life of the player pretty extraordinary, right? The concern is that all that money will dry up. The schools will not get the money and players will start getting the money. And I think the bigger concern on top of that is the money will be distributed in an inequitable fashion such that the few players that people actually know, and I think that's the real story here, is that there are relatively few players that actually have a value over and above their scholarship, right? Your average offensive lineman, even at a big school, people don't know. It's not like they're going to be able to go out and make a ton of money on their notoriety. Most people don't know them. People know quarterbacks. They might know running backs. They might know wide receivers. You might know one stud on the defense overall. The number of players, considering you have an 85 scholarship roster, that would actually have very much value in the name, image, and likeness realm, it's probably two or three on average on each team. I mean, that's the truth. So you're talking about a relatively small pinprick of the overall audience. So that that is, that is I think, a compelling part of this storyline. And again, it's why I think age restrictions factor in here quite a bit uh, because most of these guys don't have very much value outside of the fact that they wear the school jersey. Uh, Eddie, what questions do you have? I, I don't know if I have a question, really. It's just kind of, I, I just wonder... With uh, social media and things like that these days, how a guy like, I don't know, Tua Tungabailoa opens up a YouTube channel and says, hey, subscribe to this and you'll get to see behind the scenes, blah, 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 and how players would, would do things like that to cash in on their on their. Yeah, I mean, I think they, they, that smart players could do that. I think it's a mess. I think that's where coaches look around and say, uh, am I going to have a bunch of Antonio Browns right? Here? Where you have, I mean, if you watch the Spider-Man movie, you got Flash who's walking around all the time, you know, doing live streams. But you think about how that's played out in the NFL, even where guys are smart enough to know better. Antonio Brown, remember, went live memorably on Facebook right after the uh, right after the Steelers went on the road and beat the Chiefs, and they got bulletin board material of what Mike Tomlin said. I think that there would be a lot of coaches that would say, "Man, that seems really problematic to me." I also think, I think social media is a great example. I think you'd have a lot of players doing promotion, let's say, uh, for a local bar or a local club in their college town where they're making money hand over fist. And it's just it's just messy, I think, in general, in terms of the way that this would all play itself out. 
Um, and that's why I think on some level, any endorsement, I think would have to be run through the school. And I genuinely worry. I mean, I, and this is me putting my lawyer hat on about some of the contracts that guys would sign that would bind them in a really bad way, uh, for years and years ahead, because you sign a deal that has a substantial tail, let's say on it, where, you're signing up with a uh, nefarious individual who's taking advantage of you and that person's got you under contract endorsement-wise for years and years to come and you're just an 18-year-old kid who wants a few thousand dollars and you don't think about the long-range impact of that decision. Um, so I think endorsements would have to be run through the school if you were going to do that. And to me, also, I think that you would want to distribute that money somewhat equitably on the team so instead of the star quarterback having a car dealership deal which I think they all would uh, whatever that car dealership is paying I think should go to all the scholarship athletes so everybody on scholarship let's just make it easy and say the car dealership pays $85,000 to be the official car of the Alabama Crimson Tide then I think that money should all go elsewhere and by the way those endorsement deals already exist now the school makes the money. I'm not sure exactly how this is going to work going forward. We're going to take your calls. Uh, again, your questions, your comments, not really your opinion. It's easy to have an opinion. Let's have an actual conversation. 877-996-6369. I am Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when 
you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their trip of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installed near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their pirelli test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be this is Outkick. Appreciate all of you. We're talking about this new California bill that is uh, out there and what the actual impact could be for college athletics. Let's go ahead and go to our phone lines. Dub, who's up first? Uh, we got Matt in Iowa. Matt, what you got for me? Hey, Clay, I'm just going to assume that you're having a great day. Um, so I was a college wrestler, and my sport is dying off because of Title IX. Yeah. So I'm just kind of wondering, how is that going to affect, uh, you know, the basketball and football programs when, you know, the girl from Baylor is going to, or USC, since uh, California, is going to want some money. Yeah, thanks for the call. Well, the big challenge with Title IX has been that everybody has to get the same thing. So, uh, and, and that the scholarships have to be roughly equal with the overall student body. The way that that's basically understood is if men get scholarships, women have to get the same number of scholarships, basically. And so if you're going to, for instance, give full cost of attendance for scholarships, a men's basketball player who may have substantial demand, Zion Williamson, let's say at Duke, gets the same stipend that a women's swimmer would get, even though the women's swimmer wouldn't otherwise have a scholarship, but for the existence of Title IX, because there's no 
revenue dynamic associated with her athletic talent, she gets a full ride and she gets the same thing as Zion Williamson because men and women have to be treated equally under this system. And I think that's a challenge that would have to be ironed out with name, image, and likeness as well uh, because sooner or later there would be a lawsuit which would say, wait a minute, these men who are scholarship athletes are receiving all of these benefits because let's be honest, if you are going to give money to someone, you're going to give money to a football player or a men's basketball player and really every other sport, there's not a lot of value associated with it. So at some point, women may well raise their hand and say, wait a minute, we're all college scholarship athletes. How come some of these players are making $100,000 a year and we don't get anything? And I think that the courts would have to decide exactly how Title IX applies in the context of endorsement money, name, image, and likeness. Who's next? Eric in California. Eric, what you got? Yeah, Clay, um, the, the issue you brought up with um, the, the students um, uh, benefiting from the platform of the school, uh, I think it's kind of a chicken and egg scenario because also the schools benefit from the talent of the students. Yeah, so, like, somewhat. Hold on. Hold on. Pause for a sec. You're still going to sell out at like suddenly, and thanks for the call because I, I, I do think this is important. If suddenly the top 100 players in basketball and football did not go to college and went straight to a minor league for basketball and for football, I don't think that college sports would be impacted in a negative way at all. Because what's consistently been shown is people root for the name on the front of the jersey. And the overall interest level in the sport would not diminish, in my opinion, in a substantial way if the top 100 players suddenly decide to go pro straight out of high school as opposed to going to college football or college basketball. That's just my opinion. I still think you would sell out the same numbers of stadiums because the competition would still be at a high level. And people are going to root at the same degree, I believe, regardless. So I don't buy into it. Like, if Zion Williamson went straight into the pros, I don't think that suddenly the NCAA tournament is not going to matter. I, I, just, I don't buy that. And, uh, you know, the same thing happened when LeBron went straight to the pros, Kevin Garnett, Kobe Bryant. I think the NBA benefits by these guys going to college because it helps to make them stars and, uh, and, and they get a free minor league. But I think the players should be able to go straight to straight to college, and I don't. I mean, straight to the pros, and I don't think it impacts very much college football or college basketball in the grand uh, grand degree. Who's up next? We got Nick in Buffalo. Nick, what you got? Hey, Clay. Good morning. Um, yeah, I want to start off by saying you've had some great content on this issue. I've heard a lot about it recently, and uh, you know, I know California sounds like they're rushing, you know, the law forward. And my concern with that, I have a question about that, is does that create an unfair competitive advantage in recruiting for California schools versus, you know, schools like, you know, that I'm a fan of, like Syracuse? Yeah, thanks for the call. In theory, it would. And what you would create is a competition between each state to create competitive advantages for their in-state schools. Because in theory, just in theory, Let's say the state of Alabama, which is obsessed with college football, decides that they're going to pass a law that if you sign to play for Alabama and Auburn, you get $100,000 plus cost of attendance plus your scholarship, right? In theory, 
that would mean that everybody would want to go to Alabama, right? Because you're going to get $100,000. Now, some people are rolling their eyes saying they're already getting $100,000, dude. It's just under the table. All right. Well, regardless, let's say that you're going to get $100,000. That's something that every other state would then have to compete with. And what you would end up with is a competition between states. And then what's the point of having overall governing rules which cover every state and every university and that's the argument of the NCAA regardless of what you think about what California is doing that every state and Florida is getting in on this now too that every state shouldn't be defining what it means to be a college athlete that there needs to be an overarching national legislation or national group that creates Uh, rules that apply evenly across the board because otherwise my man in Syracuse who just called who's a Syracuse fan is getting treated differently than somebody who's a Stanford USC or Cal fan we'll keep these phone lines going I'll continue to take your calls 877-996-6369 we come back Monday night football result plus more of your calls on the pay for play dilemma and debate this is Outkick on Fox Sports Radio Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I feel bad for Bengal fans. They are so bad. That performance last night, you would think on national television with everybody watching, a lot of times the Thursday night game, the Sunday night game, the Monday night game, Even if a team's bad, when you know all your friends and your family and everybody in the league is watching, you get a little bit more hyped up because the audience is more substantial and you at least put forward a good effort. That did not happen last night. Mason Rudolph comes out and makes a couple of plays, including I believe we have audio of the play that effectively ended this game. It was 17-3. Mason Rudolph drops back to pass and 43 yards later, the game's over and this is what it sounded like. Rudolph stays in the shotgun. He wants to throw it. He's back. Big rush. Throws it down the field. A man wide open. And it's pulled in by Deontay Johnson for the touchdown. Rudolph to Johnson. 43 yards. And the Steelers are having fun playing football. Steelers dominate, get to a 27-3 win. They're 1-3. They've got the Ravens coming to town this coming weekend. If they could win that game, then they're back squarely in the midst of the AFC North race, considering that right now the uh, Ravens and the Browns are tied at two, and the uh, and the Browns have to travel all the way across the country. I believe they're Monday Night Football against San Francisco, if I'm not mistaken, uh, which is a uh, huge game for both of those teams, considering the 49ers are undefeated and the Browns will be trying to get to over 500 for the first time on the season. So... That is where we are there. I would say in general, if you're a Steeler fan, if you could beat the Ravens, good chance that the Browns lose in San Francisco. You might find yourself at two and three tied for the division lead in the space of two weeks when it looked like everything was going to fall apart in about, what, six days? You can go from last place with no wins to tied for your overall division lead. So that is what took place there for the Bengals. I mean, I think the Andy Dalton era is officially over. He was sacked eight times. He was hit 11 times. It's the most sacks in the Andy Dalton era. It wasn't been, it hasn't been a pretty picture for Andy Dalton or for Bengal fans or for the franchise in general. It's the eighth time since 1991 that the team has started off 0-4. It's hard to have much positive to say about the Bengals, which has often been the case, rinse and repeat. 
uh, my top five, bottom five. I'll spend a little bit more time talking about this with you at the end of the show. Uh, but the five best teams, in my opinion, in the NFL now that we've completed week four, Patriots are best, Chiefs second, Saints third. I've got the Cowboys in the four spot, the Rams in the five spot. There are six winless teams in the NFL uh, five of them are in my bottom five worst teams in the OutKick rankings. The Cardinals, the Jets, the Redskins, the Bengals, and the Dolphins are the five worst teams in the NFL. The Denver Broncos mercifully escaped the bottom five because at least if you change two field goal outcomes, they could be sitting at two and two. We right now, if you're just waking up with us, are having a discussion about the new California law, how it could impact the pay players debate in the world of college athletics, particularly as it pertains to name, image, and likeness. The state of California yesterday signing into law this bill, which would theoretically allow college athletes to profit off their name, off their image, and off their likeness. Phone lines are open. We're not taking your opinion. It's important. We're not taking your opinion on whether or not players should be paid. We're trying to discuss the larger issue based on questions that arise as we try to contemplate what the future might be like. 877-996-6369 are those phone numbers. Anybody on the show have a question? We talked about this a lot, a little bit last time, uh, last segment. But anybody on the show have a question I haven't gotten to before I go to calls? Something that stands out to you that you think is worthy of uh, further discussion? Um, how, in reality, how how soon would you think this is going to take into effect? It's a good question. I believe somebody can correct me on this if I'm wrong. I think there's like a five year. I don't think this would take effect in California until 2023. I believe there's a long kind of like ramp up to this, if I'm not mistaken, in the state of California. And that is uh, also without any legal challenge. Exactly. That was my other point. Uh, Without any legal challenges. Yeah, I think it would likely be uh, a part of a lawsuit on behalf of the NCAA at some point. So it's not as if suddenly California has signed this law and today we're in a substantially different universe than we were yesterday. Uh, things are trending in this direction, but there's still a lot of legal uncertainties, and that's one of the conversations that we're having right now. Uh, Dub, you were take fielding calls. Did you have any questions about this? Yeah, my main question is, do you see this as like the first domino, California being the first state? Will other states follow? And if and also, what's the number of how many states, if they do decide to pass this sort of bill, to where the NCAA doesn't really have a choice anymore and they just have to say, okay, well, I guess players can make money on their likeness. Well, I don't think that the for in the NCAA's defense, and this is what we we're talking about a little bit last segment. I don't think the NCAA can allow a system to exist where fifty different state laws govern pay for players, because effectively, what you end up with then is state legislatures are going to pass laws that favor their local state universities and that's why I was using as an example let's say in the state of Alabama which loves college football all the state legislators get together and they say okay we're going to give every single scholarship athlete who plays football a hundred thousand dollars to come play football here well then everybody else in all the other states that also love college football are going to say wait a minute why in the world does Alabama get this advantage Texas is going to give them 150 and then Florida is going to give them 200 And then there's going to be all these lawsuits that emerge because all the women out there who aren't getting any of this money are going to say, wait a minute, why are these scholarship athletes getting more than us under Title IX? And it's going to turn into a massive legal mess. So I do think 
that whatever rule exists or whatever law predominates has to be the same across all 50 states. And then you get into a challenge because, frankly, every football program and every basketball program, most of them, in fact, are not profitable. So let's say, like, it might make sense that Alabama and Auburn can afford to pay $100,000 to scholarship athletes to come play college football. Can UAB? Can Troy? Can uh, South Alabama? Can all of these other schools afford to do it? Probably not. Uh, what about outside of FBS? Like, And then some states, you may not even be able to afford it at all. Let's say you're playing uh, football in North Dakota. Can North Dakota schools afford to pay players substantial sums of money? I don't think so. So it turns into a real complicated issue really quickly. It's not as simple as many people want when they have kind of this glib, should we or should we not pay player debate, which is what we're trying to avoid. I'm interested in the complexity of this as opposed to just your opinion. Who should we go to first, Dub? Uh, We got Chris in Indiana. Chris, what you got for me? Yeah, so this is my question, is when, let's say, Jalen Hurts for Oklahoma goes and plays a game at USC, is while he's in California, is he able to capitalize on his likeness? And is the opposite true? Let's say a player from USC goes out of state. Can they still capitalize on their likeness Uh, even though they're not in California? It's a really smart question, and the answer is it's really complicated. Um, So... The one thing that could happen, right, is if other states decide they don't like California's law, is if California's law applies, states could decide we're not going to play California schools, right? The Pac-12, by the way, is opposed to this law. Stanford and the other universities are opposed to it. But in theory, you could have a situation where a state says, you know what, we disagree with what the state of California is doing. We are not going to schedule any school from the state of California for a game. You didn't ask this question, but you mentioned Jalen Hurts, which is a good one. Uh, You know, he went out to UCLA. He played in California. The laws would be different from a taxable perspective. People haven't asked. Like, you're getting taxed all of a sudden. Do you, if you are an endorser, get, you know, like, for instance, if you are right now a professional athlete, you are a professional athlete, you pay a tax based on where you are physically located when you do your job so let's say you play for the LA Lakers 41 of the games that you play are at the Staples Center and you pay tax based on playing in the Staples Center but you also pay tax on the other 41 jurisdictions that you play in whether it's the state of Texas whether it's Minnesota whether it is Tennessee whether it is Florida you pay a tax code there as well If you are making money as a college athlete, in theory, you would be obligated to pay potentially a tax return in every state in which you you played, right? So uh, instead of just being a college kid, not really having any tax implications associated with being a scholarship athlete, if you are playing in a bunch of different states, you have that obligation. Here's the other question I would have. What if Jalen Hurts has signed a massive, let's say he's doing automobile advertising contract and he's got it in Tuscaloosa and then he decides to transfer to Norman, Oklahoma? Does he get sued? Because the, the, the local car dealership in Tuscaloosa may say, wait a minute, Jalen, we signed you to be our guy here for four years to represent us. We're paying you. That's the reason we gave you that money because you were going to be the Alabama quarterback. 
and now you decided to move to Norman, Oklahoma, well, you're not valuable to us anymore. We can't advertise on local television for an Alabama Crimson Tide quarterback in Tuscaloosa or Birmingham when you've moved all the way to Norman, Oklahoma. You're not. People aren't going to be like throwing up, you know, OU Boomer Sooner. They're, they don't want to buy a car from an Oklahoma guy. They want to buy a car from an Alabama guy. So that's complicated too, right? How do transfers factor in here? As much as quarterbacks move around in college right now, Justin Fields went from Georgia up to uh, up to Ohio State. You got uh, Jalen Hurts going from Alabama to Oklahoma. You got Kelly Bryant going from Clemson to Missouri. You got Joe Burrow going from Ohio State to LSU. If you're signing multi-year endorsement contracts, how in the world does that work when you're jumping from one school to another? These are all really complicated questions that, again, I don't think people mostly think about. They want the facile, glib, easy answer. Yes, you should pay players. No, you shouldn't pay players. Well, when you actually get into the nitty-gritty, it becomes very complicated very quickly. Who's up next? Let me go to the VIP line first. Who we got? Dan in Jersey. Okay, what you got? Uh, Good morning, Clay. Uh, I think, you know, uh, it makes sense that California and other states are kind of moving in that direction of, uh, name, image, and likeness, just because it doesn't cost the schools a dime to, to go that ra- go that route. And, uh, you know, like the caller who's the college wrestler mentioned, um, you know, I think it makes sense because you're not, uh, you know, I don't think anyone wants to see the, the non-revenue generating sports die off in order to pay football and basketball players. And it's like you just touched on this, you know, the numbers show that very few athletic departments actually turn a profit. Um, and, you know, I wanted to get your insight as to how much of that you think is, um, you know, schools using football and basketball money to, to cover the non-revenue sports versus just putting that money back into uh, facilities. Yeah, so first of all, again, this gets into Title IX, which I think would become really complicated very quickly. But effectively, the way to think about a college athletic department is right now the money that is made on behalf of men's basketball and football programs, which are the only two college athletic departments that produce a revenue positive. In other words, they make money. All of that money goes back into the athletic department, and much of it goes to pay for the scholarship costs of other sport athletes who would otherwise not be able to be able to afford to do it, right? Like women's swimming and men's track and field all lose a tremendous amount of money. And so when you actually break it down, a lot of the money that the men's football and basketball players make goes to subsidize other scholarships. And then the other part of it is they go and spend a ton of money on the surrounding accoutrements, sort of the amenities of the players. So you end up with these incredible locker rooms. And I'll give you an example. The University of Tennessee's weightlifting room is infinitely better than the Tennessee Titans weightlifting room. And I think that surprises some people. And it's better than just about every NFL team's weightlifting room because the players in the NFL get paid. Everybody around, everything around the players in college athletics is sort of gilded excellence. So your facilities, your dorms, everything else, your meals, those are incredible, far better than what most NFL players get. And I'm not exaggerating. If you go to a top college, the facilities and uh, resources that are available to you are better than when you get to an NFL uh, arena, an NFL situation. The locker rooms in most colleges are nicer than the locker rooms in most NFL stadiums and big colleges. 
and that's because all of the resources are spent surrounding the players as opposed to the money going directly to the players, which is an interesting kind of dynamic that's been created. Who's up next? We got John in Kentucky. John, what you got for me? Hey, so uh, my question was, you know, you kind of touched on it already, was the uh, the transfer rule. You know, just like Jalen uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, what if he signs that contract in Tuscaloosa and then all of a sudden, hey, I'm going to go to you, to the University of Oklahoma. What happens then? Yeah, I mean, I think you could get sued. I mean, if you are, uh, if you are a well, – I'm just using as an example a local car dealership and you sign Jalen Hurts to a four-year endorsement contract predicated on him being – the quarterback at the University of Alabama or one of the quarterbacks at the University of Alabama and then he decides to transfer to Oklahoma and you've already paid him a lot of money under that contract he has no value to you you can't advertise Jalen Hurts automobile salesman in Alabama if the possibility is that he's a sooner quarterback now people want to go buy the Tua automobile right like whatever he's advertising so I think that turns into a pretty big complexity pretty quickly and particularly as it pertains to scholarships, uh, it, it, it's a mess. And by the way, that's just like a car dealership. I don't think most people out there would be upset about a player endorsing a car dealership. But what happens if a player endorses a local strip club? Are you really going to allow 18-year-old kids to do endorsement deals with whoever they want? What do you think? Do you think it might hurt the overall brand value of a university if the starting quarterback is endorsing a strip club? I'm just tossing it out there. Maybe maybe your average 18-year-old would be smart enough not to do that if you gave him 10 grand uh, and unlimited lap dances. Is he going to be doing radio and television commercials for a strip club? Uh, I think that's a mess. That's why I think that whatever endorsement aspects would have to be run through the university because the other thing is that I think a lot of people are not thinking about is you don't have the right to be a quarterback and appear in like Alabama gear. I'm just using that as an example. So you own the right to your likeness in this scenario. You don't earn the, 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 own the right to the university's logo, to anything else associated with it. So I think, again, this is, there's a lot of messy permutations and details associated with this. Who's up next? We got Adam in Indiana. Adam, what you got for me? Hey, I'm just curious if uh, this law might be the impetus that allows the Power Five conferences and along with the Big East and basketball to break off. Yeah, see, I understand that argument, but the, 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 the let me just explain. Like, I understand the NCAA is an easy target here, but the schools agree to be bound by NCAA rules because they recognize that they need a common... Uh, legislation or rule book that they all follow so when schools want to take shots at the NCAA they're effectively taking shots at themselves because the NCAA is a member institution created by the schools to govern the athletic body so the analogy I've always made is when you're attacking the NCAA you're kind of attacking yourself it would be like me saying oh uh, I'm Clay Travis, and I'm going to create a different entity that will own all of my unpopular opinions, right, or controversial opinions. So if I'm going to give you my opinion, let's say, on abortion, right, and if you're like, oh, that, you know, 50% of people have one opinion, 50% of the other people have the other opinion, and I said, oh, that's not my opinion on abortion. 
That's the Clay Travis Institute for Abortion Opinions that I created. I hate that place. We're like, wait a minute, you created that place to hold that opinion that you find so unpopular. That's not me. That's what schools always want to say. Like when somebody doesn't get eligible or when there's a penalty they don't like, they're like, what? The NCAA, man, it sucks. Like you gave them the governing authority. So the schools are agreeing to be bound by the NCAA rules. So this whole break away from the NCAA thing, like I don't really understand how it would work. You'd still have to create a common set of rules to govern the way that the uh, the sport takes place. Because otherwise somebody could go out and sign like 400 scholarship players, right? Like 85 scholarships is an NCAA rule, but it's an NCAA rule because what used to happen was schools would wildly oversign. And back in the day, Bear Bryant had no scholarship limitations, so his third team could be better than everybody else's because Alabama had the money to sign as many people as they wanted. Or Nick Saban used to oversign. And that's why the NCAA and the respective conferences said, wait a minute, you can't sign more than X number of players every year because otherwise you're signing 150 people and you're running a bunch of them off before you get to 85, just finding out who the best ones are. Who's up next? We got Eddie in Texas. Eddie, what you got for me? Hey, this will become a, a real poop storm because you had kind of a story you had last week. I got a quarterback at Alabama signs with a car dealership, and somebody gets really PO'd about that, and it turns into a jealousy thing. So they start investigating the car dealership and find out that he uh, belongs to, or uh, I mean anything, KKK or something. And so that leads to uh, this people. This turns into a real mess real quick, stuff like that. Well, Social I think, media I think, gets involved. Yeah, Social thanks for the call. Social media gets involved in this. Thanks for the call. I think the biggest challenge that would arise is there aren't that many players that actually have a value. The reason why I keep using a quarterback as an example is I think a quarterback at a major college might make a million dollars a year off of this. How is it going to look when he makes a million dollars a year as the quarterback for the school and nobody else is making more than $10,000 in endorsement money? Because the only reason you would pay an endorser is because people know who they are. Almost nobody knows, by and large, very many players who are on these respective teams. So we're really talking about a tiny pinprick of the superstar element of the college athlete that has a value, and most of the guys on the team wouldn't have very much value. Now, you can say, oh, in the NFL or the NBA, everybody makes different amounts of money, but there's a big difference in college between being the 18 or 19-year-old who's making that money and not. And then also, think about the dollar values that are in play here if somebody gets benched. If suddenly there's a hotshot freshman who comes in and he's going to be you know, knocking the senior out of the starting role, well, suddenly the senior might make a lot less money. How's that going to look? How's that going to work out? I mean, there are a lot of complexities. How many more calls we got, Dub? We got a couple left. Let's go to Let's Kevin go in Ohio. Let's go fast. All right, fast. Kevin in Ohio. Uh, yes. I think you stole a little bit of my thunder, but uh, if, could the schools lock these kids in for four years and keep them out of the NBA? The well, one and done could be done? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Yeah, I mean – in theory, if you're going to enter into a contract, then the school could restrict the player from going pro. Depending on how this structure was set up, potentially, yes. 
yeah, I mean, uh, it's an interesting point. Who's up next? All right, last one here. We got Brock in Kentucky. Brock, what you got for me? Good morning. Yeah. Uh, you were talking about contracts being a nightmare as far as, uh, like, signing a bad contract or whatever. Yep. What if, what if the NCAA schools hired a, like, endorsement manager or something like that yeah i think thanks thanks for the call i think you would have to run all endorsements through the university because an easy example is if you're going to allow this to happen somebody would sign an endorsement deal with a strip club and i'm just using strip club as an example because regardless of what the school is maybe unlv would feel differently uh but by and large your average school does not want their star athlete doing television commercials for a strip club or radio spots or showing up and throwing parties at strip clubs, right? And so I think what you would have to do is every endorsement would have to run through the school and the school would have to clear everything. And then to me, the easy fix is, well, then all the money should go to the team, not to individual players. So if the quarterback gets $100,000, that $100,000 should go into the overall football you know, distribution money and everybody should get the same amount. Well, then what's going to happen? Then you're going to get sued by the women who are going to say, wait a minute, why are these men getting money that we're not? And that's why I think ultimately all of this pay-for-play debate is going to end up in the courts for years and years and years to come because it's far more complicated than most uh, realize. All right, when we come back, we'll be joined by Petros Papadakis, as we always are, in our three Tuesday edition. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when 
you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports see their kumo test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be when you hear Taylor Swift, that means it's almost time for Petros Papadakis. But first, Eddie Garcia. And I believe the first concert in the uh, first event in the new SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, I believe, is a Taylor Swift concert. I might need to be there with Petros. I- I'm sure Petros will be excited about yeah, that. Yeah, maybe we can go together. Petros Papadakis with us now at the Old P on Twitter. Petros, how thrilled, excited, beyond expected uh, joy are you over the start of the Major League Baseball playoffs and the Dodgers being in the running once more for a World Series title. Are you asking me about the Dodgers? Yes. I am going to be out there on Thursday and Friday, but we don't know who they're playing yet, so it's going to be another baseball playoffs with the Dodgers. (laughs) You are stunned that I led with the Dodgers? Kind of a big deal, right? No, I'm I'm not stunned by anything. I'm sitting here in my yoga clothes for 12 minutes while you scream and yell about California's problems. Yeah, I mean, why is California trying to change everything? In terms of name, image, and likeness. Nobody likes their money moved, but I I don't know the, the the legal ramifications because I'm not a lawyer or even somebody who's smart. But <laughs> at the same time, I think we've been moving in this direction ever since these deals changed from tens of millions of dollars to tens of billions of dollars. Right. When 
when college football started being worth billions as opposed to millions, then the compensation started to get glaring. It used to be enough just to go to school and have that opportunity, whether you wanted it or not. And Too many guys didn't take advantage of that opportunity. But I guess we've been moving in this direction. I don't really know what it means for the future of the NCAA or all these different states. I think people are speculating wildly now, and I'm sure that somebody's lobby will figure out something that pleases nobody, which is exactly how it works now. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, How much do you think, let's go back in time, let's pretend that when you were playing college football, let's say that the SC quarterback, who is typically a pretty big star, let's say that guy had been making a million dollars a year in endorsement income and you uh, as you know a running back on the team who didn't have a lot of endorsement value in theory let's say you were making five thousand dollars in endorsement income does that change the dynamic in the locker room in your mind from a college football perspective uh, a little bit I mean but there's always special like Carson Palmer was very special and everybody yes. knew it when he was on the football team. There's always inequality in a locker room, and it happens in the NFL now. The quarterback might make $40 million, and his center might be making seven hundred grand, right, in the NFL. Well, that's what makes the NFL the NFL. There's a number next to everybody's name, and it's not your football number. It's your salary or what you're worth. You know, college, you know, theoretically, we're all kind of supposed to be in the same boat. Now, I mean, my – my rant has always been the college paying people, you know, not, you know, Instagram or some outside endorsement group. It would be the college uh, giving you $20,000 or $15,000 upon completion of every 12 units that goes into a bank. And then you graduate college, you know, after they've taken care of you and fed you and clothed you for four years. You graduate college, and now you have $200,000 to start your life with, whether yeah. or not you're going to play pro football. You know, To me, that was always the best solution. I agree but, with that. But you're going to run into, and I've been talking about that for a decade, but yes. you're going to run into Title IX. Uh, you're going to run into lawsuits with all these non-revenue sports that want to be paid. Uh, you, I don't think you could pay anybody beyond football and men's basketball. Maybe you pay the women in uh, Connecticut and Baylor, you know, because they're revenue sports there, I think. But, I mean, it's just, it just feels like a, a, when we talk about this, I feel the weight of the decades of court BS and red tape and paperwork. I feel that weight on my chest, and I don't want to talk about it. I mean, but. Hey, yes. Clayton Kershaw's been healthy all year, Clay. <laughs> so, you know, his back's okay. Hinjin Ryu's probably going to win the Cy Young. I mean, let's go Dodgers. Concerned about uh, Justin Turner's health, you know, uh, and, and, uh, and Kelly's health. But beyond that, hey, man, what a year it's going to be, right? So for people out there who are not familiar with L.A. and the sports scene, the Dodgers pursuing a Super Bowl, Sorry, a World Series. That is, would be something. Yeah, it would be something if the Dodgers flipped sports and went after the Super Bowl instead. Uh, is how big of a story in the L.A. area? The Dodgers as a unifying factor and their pursuit of a World Series title. Uh, you know, I think that it's almost become the rights of, of autumn these days. I mean, the Dodgers have won the division. I What is it, like eight straight or something ridiculous like that? They 
they set a franchise record this year. Franchise record. The Dodgers have been around for a long time. You know, that's why they're called the Dodgers, Clay. Because yes. they were in Brooklyn and they had to dodge the train, you know? I didn't know that that was the reason. Really? I mean, I knew they were in Brooklyn. I didn't know where the term Dodgers came from. Well, some people said it was because they were so bad they had to dodge, like, the tomatoes that the crowd yeah, threw right, at them. Yeah, right, right. But it wasn't. It was that you had to dodge the train on the way out to uh, Ebbets Field. Oh, that's Is cool. that what it was called? Uh, so, anyway, uh, the Dodgers have been around a lo- long time. They've won more games this year than they ever have. But most baseball experts will tell you they don't stack up against whoever the American League is going to put out there. So uh, in the town, I think that there's like this pending feeling of dread, like the Dodgers are going to get back to the World Series and then be outmatched again like they were the last couple years. But I think back to the great 1988 play, which is the last time the Dodgers won a World Series, and they were outmatched on paper that year by the Oakland A's and still won that series in five games with Oral Hershiser as the MVP. So... We'll see how it all shakes out. How's that for Dodger analysis? Let's great. go, Doyers. Great, Kirk Gibson. I can't believe what I just saw. That's uh, that's the last time the Dodgers won a uh, won a series. Now, um, Kawhi. Kawhi has been going around all over L.A. and he's getting booed everywhere. Uh, yes. Is this going to be a continuing theme? Are people that angry in the city of Los Angeles over his spurning of the Lakers? Believe it or not, it's not new. It's not new at all. The Lob City guys, Blake Griffin and Chris Paul, got booed all over town. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, and they probably were a little bit shocked. You know, Chris Paul from uh, one of the Carolinas, right? North Carolina, and then Blake Griffin's from Oklahoma. So they were probably a little shocked. Kawhi Leonard is from uh, Moreno Valley, and Paul George is from Palmdale. They are not shocked. Uh, This is not a new practice. That is uh, just one of those weird L.A. things that if you're a basketball player and you don't play for the Lakers, you get booed everywhere you go. Could it ever change? You know, I don't think that the people – I think the people are just booing because they think – it's not even that they don't like the Clippers. I don't even think they care. (laughs) I just think that that's what you do. You know, you boo the Clipper guys. Uh, It's just like the cool thing to do. Could it change? I think the city would be very excited. I mean, the media story would just be so huge if the Clippers made a championship run and – I guess you would expect that with the roster that they have. I mean, this city is about to explode with basketball. Yeah. Uh, when when this thing starts and when we see these teams on the court. But with the Clippers in the modern era, you know, since they've been relevant with guys like Blake Griffin and, and Chris Paul, and even before that with Elton Brand, uh, since they've been relevant, it's always been kind of more of a national story than it is a local story, if that makes sense. No, it makes sense. Uh, hey, enjoy your yoga. I'm sorry we left you, and uh, thank you for helping to solve what the paper play it now? What? 42 after? Yeah. All right, I think I can make it. All right, that's Petros Papadakis. He's headed to yoga. Uh, I am Clay Travis. When we come back, top five, bottom five in the NFL. We put a bow on the uh, college pay-for-play discussion. All that and more, this is OutKick. My thanks to at the old P on Twitter. This is Fox Sports Radio. This is OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis. Welcome back in Geico Outkick Studios. This may be the most appropriate ad we've ever done on the show. 
Coming to Hooters every Monday all season to play Monday Night Moneyball. You're just a few easy questions away from a chance at cash prizes, freebies, and a trip to the season ender in Miami. Play Monday Night Moneyball at HootersMoneyball.com. Welcome, Hooters. How is Hooters not the presenting sponsor of this show? Who doesn't love Hooters? Really, I mean, in all honesty, I know we're on early in the morning, but this should be Outkick the Coverage brought to you by Hooters. Tell me that's not perfect. We've got the top five, bottom five that we need to hit you uh, with here as you start off your morning. I'm sorry, Bengals fans, if you're in Cincinnati or the state of Ohio or you're a Bengals member of that fan base who lives in another part of the country. I don't know how you stuck with your team for this long. You've seen a lot of bad days. Last night was a bad day, maybe the worst of the Andy Dalton era. Uh, And so I have got you as the 31st worst team in the NFL. The only team you're better than right now is the Dolphins, and at least the Dolphins have been straightforward about the fact that they're essentially their entire strategy as a franchise right now is to tank. So the bottom five in the NFL right now that we have finished week four, we are a quarter of the way through the NFL. Uh, I've got the Cardinals at the 28th team, the Jets, the Redskins, the Bengals, and the Dolphins as the five worst team in the entirety of the NFL. Top five, I think, is a lot more difficult. A quarter of the way into the season, ultimately to me, when you break down the Patriots and the Chiefs, you have to take Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes and put them up side by side. And we know Brady's been to nine Super Bowls. We know he's won six. But Mahomes, to me, is a superior quarterback right now. Here's the problem. You also then have to look at what they have on the other side of the ball. And Tom Brady, plus his defense which has only given up one touchdown so far defensively in this entire season, is better to me than Patrick Mahomes plus his defense. And therefore, I have the Patriots as the best team in the NFL right now. I have the Chiefs as the second best team in the NFL. I think most of you out there would probably agree those are the top two teams in the NFL based on what we've seen so far. They're the only two teams to be 4-0. and And then it gets more difficult. I've got the Saints in the three spot. Assuming that Drew Brees comes back and he comes back healthy, the Saints got a huge win over the Seattle Seahawks last week. This week, we just saw them on Sunday Night Football get the big win over the Dallas Cowboys. So I've got the Saints slotted in as the best team in the NFC right now. I've got the Cowboys in the four spot, and I have got the Rams in the five spot. Yes, the Rams, even though they just came off the beatdown that they took at the hand of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I've got the Rams behind the Saints, even though they beat the Saints straight up. The reason why is Drew Brees got knocked out of that game. I think it wasn't an accurate reflection of what would happen if Drew Brees had been playing. And I think the Rams' loss to the Bucks is worse than the Saints' loss to the Rams. Plus, the Saints have beaten two teams that would otherwise be undefeated. They beat the Seahawks, who are 3-1, and one, and they beat the Cowboys, who are 3-1. and one. Those are, I think, the two best wins in the NFC so far. So that is how I would break down the landscape of the NFL. Top five teams right now, after four weeks, the Saints uh, are sliding in at my three spot as the top in the NFC. Number one overall, the Patriots. Number two overall, the Chiefs. The Saints, as I just mentioned, number three. The Cowboys in the four spot and the Rams in the five spot. Appreciate all of your calls. We had a great conversation about the pay-for-play debate on this show. Really good questions, really good discussions. Appreciate all of you. You can reach out all the time and get involved in these discussions if you want to debate amongst yourselves. 
at Clay Travis on Twitter. I may or may not actually see your comments, but there are lots of people that will react in the mentions to whatever opinions you have. You guys can have at it there. I appreciate all of you. Thanks for hanging out with us Tuesday edition of the show. My thanks to Petros Papadakis and Charles Davis. Encourage you to go download the podcast. Millions of you downloading the podcast every month now, the Fox Sports Radio podcast universe in general exploding in popularity. Go be a cool kid. Download the show. Make sure you didn't miss any of it. I hope all of you have a fantastic Tuesday. Thanks for hanging with us. Tomorrow we'll be back locked and loaded uh, with uh, a lot of fun as we start to pivot towards the NFL Week 5 and College Football Week 6. Also, the uh, Brewers and the Nationals play tonight. Whoever wins this game will go up against the Dodgers. The Dodgers go after a third straight series appearance. This is OutKick. Be sure to catch live editions of OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.